army chaplain my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about god life relationships the bible and I answered them as best i could with stories from my own life and the things that were rattling around inside my head they also called me padre so welcome to the dear padre podcast where i take questions of the day and do my best to answer them do you believe in ghosts like have you ever seen a ghost we love to tell ghost stories but the ones we um, don't tell often are the ones that we're not real sure about. You have a feeling that someone's there. Um, I grew up in a very large family, so when I'm by myself, which is pretty rare in life, like to be in a building all alone, um, I hear things and I get a little nervous, even at this grown-up age. Ghosts are scary. Not sure why, all the reasons why they're scary, but I think they speak to a larger reality that exists around us, perhaps, or our own fears of our own mortality and irrelevance after we die. Um, ghosts are frightening, um, often because they are fright frightened. Um, that's sort of the thing you learn from ghost hunters or other shows like that, that um, Settling down the ghosts and helping them feel more comfortable is a strategy to mitigate ghosts scaring you. I don't know about ghosts. Um, my theology of the resurrection of the dead, that as in Adam all die, like all human beings die, so in Christ we'll all be made alive, that someday we will come back to life. Now, what happens in the intermediate state between death and resurrection is a question that Christians have discussed, debated, disagreed on over the decades and centuries. For instance, some people believe that there's this thing called soul sleep, where the moment you die, you go to sleep, and you're not conscious or aware of yourself or anything else. And then in the moment of resurrection, you wake up. Um, whether that's a hundred years or a thousand years or even longer, it'll feel like you just went to sleep and woke up much like when we go to sleep and we wake up, we're not always real sure how many hours have gone by. The other is that when we die, we go to heaven and we live in some sort of disembodied existence. Our soul does in heaven. Certainly the Greeks believe this, and not just Greeks, but um, Jewish people at the time of Jesus' life believe this. Josephus writes that Jews believe this, um, that there is an immortal soul that would exist forever and your body would die and you were then free to not be weighed down by this mortal existence. So however you see all that, um, where ghosts fit into that sort of order of things is hard to know. Um, are they the echoes of a person's life that live in a certain place? I mean, that's why we talk about haunted houses, haunted places. Um, the place and the memory have gotten so fused together and so confused together that they're sort of inseparable. I'm okay with that. 
I think there's something to ghosts in the sense that there's echoes of us and people, and especially those who perhaps died in a trauma or some sort of um, unpleasant event. You can see how that kind of unresolved memory would linger even longer. It's hard to know, though. The disciples believe in ghosts. They accuse Jesus of being a ghost several times. Um, one, when he's walking to them in the storm on the on the water. That's a pretty ghostly thing to do. If you were to look out of a boat in a storm and you saw a guy standing on the water, um, it'd be hard to believe they were fully human the way you and I are. Uh, and so when Jesus appears among these disciples in Luke 24, uh, this is right at, they think he's a ghost. They're terrified and startled. Uh, this is just after the road to Emmaus where Jesus has revealed himself to two disciples who are traveling, maybe a husband and wife, hard to know. And he's known to them in the breaking of the bread. And then the, they, they run back to Jerusalem, and suddenly Jesus is standing there among them, saying, Peace be with you. All these resurrection appearances focus on one thing, and that is that Jesus is alive, that the same guy that was crucified has come back to life. That is the message of all of them. And in fact, that this was the plan all along, the plan of God. This is how God chose to save the world, was through this actual resurrection. Not a ghostly memory, not a shadow, not a shade, nothing like that. It's real. You can touch him, and he does that. He says, touch me. Um, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet. See that it is myself. He introduces himself with his wounds. We've seen this in John. We see it here. Look at my hands and my feet, he says. Jesus could have, I suppose, chose to, in his resurrection, not show any wounds. Um, but he does this to show that he is who he says he is. And I think to show us something deeper about our wounds, as I mentioned before, our wounds that have healed, our wounds that will be resurrected with us, are the things that have shaped us, are the things that have made us who we are. They, these are the calling cards of Jesus, and they are also our calling cards too. We have suffered things and losses and griefs um, in order so that we can comfort other people who are suffering in those circumstances. And it doesn't always mean we have to have the same wound as someone else to help them. Um, I think any experience where your world is turned upside down, where it's hard to trust anybody, where it's hard to believe that life is good or can be good, um, these are all shared experiences in humanity, no matter how they come about. Um, whether it's in childhood trauma or grown-up trauma or military trauma or all the other kinds of trauma in our life, this, the, this is a universal human experience to suffer here on this planet. And Jesus has suffered too. He says, this is who I am. I've got these wounds. Um, then he says, a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones. And so, do you have anything to eat? Um, this is a, a beautiful moment in the Incarnation where the proof of his kingship, the proof of his resurrecting power, not only the power to be resurrected himself, but the power to bring about the resurrection of all the living and all the dead, 
um, comes down to this piece of broiled fish that he takes and eats in their presence. Now, if it was a ghost and you ate food, fish, it would go in your mouth and drop on the floor. Ghosts are, by their nature, incorporeal. Not, they don't have a body. Um, and so this is his proof. He eats it in their presence. I don't know if he liked it or not. I imagine it was like one of those cooking shows where, you know, there's a lot of tension and dramatic music in the background. The timer goes off and then they they all sit around this table with the food, these judges, and they go, mm, 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 and they it's one of the weirdest things on TV to see that. <laughs> I, I don't watch a lot of cooking shows, maybe for that reason. It's always a little awkward. Um, as Jerry Seinfeld said, eating is kind of gross. That's why you do it with other people. Um, if you ever gone somewhere and someone someone ate and you didn't, or you ate and they didn't, it's a very awkward experience. And so they're all just like staring at Jesus. And he's like the top chef judge. And he's like, hmm, that's good broiled fish. And they all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's him. It's him. Um, and, you know, Luke doesn't say that they had some kind of big awakening at this moment. It seems like the disciples, with all these encounters of Jesus, are slowly beginning to realize it, who he is and what he, who he said he was. He said he's going to rise from the dead. This is all according to the Bible. This is what was going to happen. And they're to be witnesses of it. And we are witnesses of this event, too. Um, in, all of our, uh, in all of our stories of our lives, we tell the same story, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And inside that story is that Christ was wounded. He was wounded for us. He died for us. And this was according to the Bible. This was the plan all along. And if you can imagine Jesus eating that boiled, broiled fish and just like, wow, he's really here. It, like I said, it doesn't seem like they totally got it at that at this point. And I don't know if we'll ever totally get it. We're always going to have doubts. We're always going to wonder if such a thing like a resurrection could really happen. And I think to live in this world, modern world, is to live with two brains almost. One that can believe something like this, can believe that there is a resurrection of the dead, can believe that a man 2,000 years ago died and came back to life by the power of God. And we can also believe that it didn't happen. And, you know, something happened. There was a man named Jesus, but um, he didn't come back to life. And that probably won't happen to us either. And it's easy to live with those two minds. If you're a fairly rational person, you'll, you'll have this experience where you'll doubt and then believe and doubt. And the disciples are the same way, and, and they're standing right there with him, and they still have this experience of Jesus, in that they um, they still are having their minds open to the scriptures. Jesus is still teaching them, and Jesus is still teaching us. He says there's repentance and forgiveness of sins to be proclaimed. This is the liberating message of Jesus. Not only are individual sin that drags us down, that causes division between us and our neighbor, but also a larger sin, um, the sins of racism in our country that are embedded in certain laws and procedures and way, the way we do business, um, the sins of sexism 
and the sins of what we see in a, as a culture of discriminating against trans people, LGBT people, uh, all of these sins of discrimination, of, of systemic abuse, even the way we relate to our foreign neighbors. These are all ways, places where we need repentance and forgiveness of sins. We get caught up in all sorts of things as individuals and as a larger community of people. And this is what Jesus came to ta teach us, that there is life after death. There is a resurrection of the dead. We can put our hope not in some big successful scheme, but in a person, a person who has gone beyond the veil of death. He has come back to us and he is tasting this broiled fish and he likes it. And then he's offering you a piece too. Amen.